Hey guys, welcome to the Jetsonic Family Travel Podcast. What can you tell me about Hawaii? That it was so fun because there was the beach always nearby. How did you like sleeping in a camper van? So fun because it was so cool because it did have even tables. What can you tell me about the shaka sign? The shaka sign is meant for goodbye. And how do you make the shaka sign? You need to put three fingers down except for your thumb and your pinky. How did you like the luau? My favorite part about the luau was like when there was the like when there was torches and then people were going crazy. That was my favorite part. Hey guys, welcome to the Jet Setting Family Travel Podcast. It is our second episode and we are so happy to have you here with us today. I'm Jess. And I'm Rod and we are living life at cruising altitude. (laughs) Cheesy line is Uh, that? I was feeling a little bit poetic and, you know, I was thinking we are the jet setting family and we talk about flying around the world and in every flight that we go to, the flight has to take off reach cruising altitude, and then you land. So cruising altitude is like the adventure in life. And we are adventuring throughout life as a family together. So I thought, why not talk a little bit about being in cruising <laughs> altitude? I'm getting a little bit corny and cheesy, but I like it. It's the nerd in you. <laughs> it's the nerd in me. I don't know if I'm going to continue that or not, but we will see. You leave your comments on Rod's corniness, I guess. Anyway... In this episode, we are talking about our first destination that we visited after we left for our full-time travels, which was... Hawaii. Hawaii. Aloha. Aloha. But before we get started, we wanted to remind you that we are a CastBox original podcast. CastBox is the fastest growing and highest rated app on both iOS and Android. So no matter where you listen to your podcasts, we really hope that you give CastBox a try. So let's get right into it, guys. We said our final farewells to all our friends and family. It was a bittersweet moment. We were so excited to like get started and going, but also nervous and sad. I mean, it was our first destination and we hopped on our flight to Maui. And I have to say the moment we stepped off that plane, well, maybe not the moment. It was a really long flight. Really long. (laughs) And we were really tired when we got off the plane. But the next day, when we woke up to the sounds of nature and were able to go to the beach, it was this huge relief for us to be like, oh my gosh, we actually did it. Yeah, that first day was really surreal. I mean, I'm, I'm coming off of, you know, working for 10 years for the Air Force. So the uh, 7.30 to 4.30 p.m. work life is what I was used to. And we woke up to, as Jess mentioned, natural beauty and... Uh, All we did was spend time together as a family that day. It was crazy. We went and had breakfast. We took the kids to the park. We walked along the beach. We had the kids jump in the ocean, swim in the pool that was in our apartment complex. So one of the big themes that you will hear from this episode about Maui is that it doesn't feel touristy. So there are people there. It is um, a bit of a summer vacation season. So you can tell that there's people and there's tourists and there's visitors, but it doesn't feel all that much like there is. You still have plenty of space. There's a lot of um, natural beauty, natural landmarks that um, haven't been taken over by big like hotel conglomerates. So it just seems really laid back of a location for Hawaii. Yeah, I definitely think that was the highlight of Maui is feeling like a local from day one. Like I felt like 
very comfortable, like almost like we'd live there. Cause when we'd go to restaurants, we went to the same place a couple of times and they right away kind of recognized you and everyone was so friendly and loving. And I definitely didn't feel like I was in a touristy area. Yeah, not at all. And even when we did some of the touristy things, like we went on a snorkel tour to Molokini Island, it didn't seem like we were just there for the pictures. We were there for the experience and they had all the equipment there that we needed. They even had a little uh, boogie board that had the glass uh, kind of plastic bottom so that Nora could kind of lay on top and look down and see the, the little fish and maybe spot a turtle or two. What made the experience really fun was that we put Santi in swim lessons a couple months prior to leaving in hopes that he would be able to snorkel on this adventure. And that was the first day he actually snorkeled in the ocean and it was really cool to see him out there and so proud of himself for doing it. And then just seeing the turtles was pretty cool too. Something to know if you, you know, aren't sure if going on a snorkel cruise like this is in your budget. We also found out later in the week from various beaches, you can swim off a lot of beaches in Maui and see turtles as well. So this isn't the only way or opportunity to see turtles, but it definitely was a fun-filled day that was full of awesome memories. And to us, it was really worth the experience. Yeah, that's definitely one of the downsides is, hey, there's a hundred other people that are on this boat with you. So whenever one person spots a turtle, then you're going to have 90 some other people that are going to be kind of hovering and trying to see uh, where the turtle is. So if you're trying to get some pictures with it or you're trying to find this special isolated moment with a turtle, the snorkel tour probably is not the best fit for you. Yeah, so don't go solely for that reason. We definitely had better close encounters with turtles like later on in the week just snorkeling off the beaches. But if you're looking for an overall full day experience, um, it was a lot of fun and we met some really nice people along the way. Yeah, so that kind of sums up the start of our week in Maui. And the other half of our week there was completely different because we checked out of that home away and we checked in to a camper van, (laughs) 1975 Volkswagen camper van named Gypsy that we spent the next couple of days exploring Maui in. And I have to give props to Jess because this van was a manual transmission. I have never driven manual or stick shift in my life. So Jess was the one that had to be kind of cranking the stick shift and handling the car, which, you know, for a 1975 van, it handled okay but it definitely had its quirks yes i was really nervous especially like when we go to pick it up the owner of the van they were a very sweet couple but they're like standing in their driveway like ready to wave goodbye and i'm like oh gosh i'm gonna stall and make a complete fool out of myself and they're gonna wonder why in the world this chick rented it (laughs) and her kids are in the car so i was mortified and I'm not going to lie. I thought driving it the first day was hard for me. Uh, I mean, it's an older car. It, Like Rod said, it has its quirks. Like second gear sometimes got stuck. But as I got to know Gypsy and got more comfortable with her, it was a lot of fun. And it was definitely a really cool way to see Maui. And I think driving this cute little van around brought joy to so many people throughout the island as we like waved our shaka signs. People in Maui are generally very patient, but when we were driving the camper van, we noticed that they were extra patient. It was it was fun. And we just in case you decide that you would like to do a camper van, there's a couple important things to know. Well, one Make sure you ask if it's manual or automatic if you're not quite sure. Um, You don't want to end up surprised. Mm -hmm. 
make sure you set your expectations because you're driving an older van. Like the one we drove, I mean, some of them are upgraded more. The one we drove, I thought was the cutest one available. And I mean, it was adorable, but it didn't have a radio. It didn't have AC. These were amenities we weren't sure if we would miss. To be quite honest, once you're driving on the road, we didn't really miss the AC. And at night we had a cool, like a breeze coming through. It wasn't a big problem. Overall, like we didn't miss those amenities, but if that's something that's important to you, uh, this might not be the option you should choose, but if you're an adventurous family and you're willing to sacrifice some of those amenities, it was really fun. So we stayed at the first night, uh, Camp Aluwalu. Uh, it was really beautiful. I mean, this campsite's picturesque out of, I mean, a movie almost. Yeah. It was beautiful. And it was really fun at night when we set up the beds, how excited the kids were. They were like, this is awesome. We're like camping out. And they had, um, the owners had given all the kids little flashlights to play with as a special treat since we were collaborating with them. And it was really fun. It showed planets. And so Santi was so excited to to be camping and to be yeah. doing it as a family. It the was- van the van itself had a little roll-up top, so you can just kind of push up the roof, and then that reveals the second bed. So Jess and uh, Santi stayed on one kind of level, and then Nora and I stayed on the other one, and we all slept pretty comfortably, surprisingly comfortably. I thought it was going to be a pretty miserable night of sleep, but it was actually <laughs> really good. So the funny part about this is, is we had planned three stops with Gypsy, like three overnight stays. We had a Gypsy for three nights. So it was going to be Camp Aluwalu. And then there was supposed to be a middle stop. And then we were supposed to go to Kipahulu. Kipahulu. We were supposed to go to Camp Kipahulu on the last night. Well, the middle one that we wanted to stay at uh, was actually booked. It was a YMCA campground. And it was actually booked because they were having some event. And I wasn't quite sure, like, okay, well, we don't want to drive that far to the third campsite um, with the kids. We definitely pace ourselves. We move a little slower with kids to make it more enjoyable. But anyway, I had reached out to someone who follows us on Instagram called Natural Wellness and said, hey, you know, you're local. Is there any other campsite you can think of for us to park at midway through this trip? And she was like, actually, we ironically live midway through this trip. Why don't you park at our house? And, you know, I think sometimes people are skeptical to meet up with people online, but I had a pretty good feeling about her. I see that she has children our kids' age, and we said, you know, let's just go with it. Let's park out front of her house. If it doesn't go well, you know, we can always move the van and go Mm -hmm. elsewhere. So we met up with them the second night, and from the moment we met their family, they had felt like old friends for years. They welcomed us with open arms as if we had been family. Um, I'm not quite sure what they thought of our crazy family in this van that I was nervous driving at first, but we showed up and decided we actually were going to stay there. And I think coming from that perspective, just to remember, yes, you need to be cautious in life, but also if you open your heart and mind while you travel and you're willing to let people in your life, you can get some really cool and unique experiences. We're very thankful that we did because they showed us some really amazing places, some really kind of not secluded beaches, but beaches that aren't really advertised to tourists very much. One of those beaches was uh, Baby Beach in uh, Paia, which had one of the most gorgeous sunrises that we have seen on our adventure so far. That's the other a place one, we're not saying you should do it. But when we showed up there early to watch sunrise, there were a lot of other vans camped out there. But if you're going to try to do something off the beaten path, that would be a place I would definitely want to park. <laughs> 
Yeah, the other one was Baldwin Beach. That's where we saw more turtles. Turtles kind of started washing, or not washing up, but swimming <laughs> up to the shore to rest. And, you know, the, the law in Hawaii is don't touch the turtles. Stay at least like five, five to ten feet, feet away. Uh, so we definitely respected their space. But it was really cool just to see them. They're really huge. And the kids were mesmerized by seeing them. They really enjoyed uh, kind of taking a look at what they were doing. But there were a bunch of other beaches that we visited too. Even on that short kind of three-day trip, we were pretty much at a different beach every single day. So to kind of wrap things up for you guys, the tips we have is one, plan ahead. Um, if you plan on doing this VW bus, one, you want to book in advance your bus, but you also need to consider the cost you're going to be paying to stay at campgrounds. They do charge a fee to park there because you're using their amenities. So kind of look at a map and figure out the direction you want to go and have your nights planned out. So for cost, you're going to be paying your bus, your campground stays, along with gas. So that concludes our week in Maui. That week was one of the most adventurous weeks that we've had. We kind of hit the ground running, and after that, we flew a really short 30-minute flight over to the island of Oahu, where we stayed in Honolulu. And Oahu being a bigger island, more populated, at least I think it's 10 times as populated as uh, Maui is, there's a whole bunch of activities there to do. We only ended up doing a couple of them. We kind of steered towards the more family-friendly activities, uh, one of them being the Children's Discovery Center in Honolulu, which was... <laughs> the most unexpected surprise ever. The place is epic. It's awesome. It's incredibly charming. It is a kind of a three, three to four story play center. The first couple of floors have like a little tropical rainforest play area. There's also a mini city in there uh, where, you know, kids got to kind of pretend play like they were doctors and firefighters. And the upper level it was awesome because that level had, it was almost like it's a small world put into an interactive museum. So they had different homes set up from places around the world where the kids could go in, dress in the traditional attire. So it was really cool to kind of be able to show our kids via this room the places we intended to travel and to kind of give them a little lesson before we actually eventually get there this year. Yeah, one of the downsides to it is that it is entirely volunteer run. So the operating hours are pretty short. They're only open from 9 a.m to 1 p.m. So you need to make sure that you're kind of there during that time. You can definitely spend those entire four hours there and be busy and still not get through everything. So make sure that you kind of plan ahead, be there at the very beginning and just prepare to stay for those four hours because there's a lot of fun things for the kids and they're not going to want to leave. At least our kids didn't want <laughs> they did to. They did not want to. And the last kind of other big destination that we did was uh, we went to a luau. It was Jermaine's luau, one of the biggest, most touristy things things that you can do in Honolulu. Definitely touristy. We loved it. And I, at least Santi loved it because he is a natural performer at heart. So he was just seeking kind of any opportunity that he could to get on stage and show his dance moves. If you follow us on YouTube at the Jet Setting Family, you can definitely see how excited Santi was to get on stage. I think that he had the audience amazed by his 
by his lack of shyness. Like he is so outgoing and just so ready to show off. <laughs> Sometimes no we have to control his like desire to be a show off. But yes, he was so excited. Um, one thing I will say is I have been to a different luau prior in Honolulu. It was, oh man, like 12 years ago. So way before I had kids, but it was called Paradise Cove and they did have a lot more kid activities prior to the show starting. So they did, you know, make a lay, tattoos, the kids can get on a little canoe. So if you have young kids, I think Paradise Cove is actually a better option that if we went back, that's probably where I would take our kids. If you aren't interested in those activities or you have older kids that you don't think they would enjoy that aspect, I think Jermaine's is perfect. We had a lot of fun. We did have a lot of fun. But you're almost missing my absolute favorite part of Hawaii or Oahu. Yeah. What was that, Jess? That was the lagoon. Yeah. Duke's Lagoon. Duke's Lagoon. In Waikiki Beach. You guys, this we found on the last day. And I am kind of disappointed because I wish we would have discovered Duke's Lagoon day one. Because I think that we would have gone there a lot more. Because I found Honolulu as a whole is way more crowded than Maui. And the beaches are more crowded. And Rod and I, maybe I'm becoming an introvert. I don't know. I kind of like the laid back, calm. Yeah. Well, I want I want to have, I want there to be space for the kids to be able to run around without them hitting or running into somebody else because our kids are pretty clumsy. But you also want a kid for them to play with. So there's a good balance. But Duke's is perfect for young kids because I always thought it was part of the Hilton Hotel there. Um, it's right in front of the Hilton, the main Hilton there in Waikiki. But it's actually not. It's open to the public and it's a lagoon so the kids can easily walk. There's no waves. Um, it's perfect for kids who are either just new swimmers or aren't great swimmers. It's not overwhelming. Great place to build sandcastles. Even if you're not staying at the hotel, if it's not a holiday, which we did go on a holiday the 4th of July, but if it's not a holiday, you can rent from the hotel paddle boats. You can rent like little, little water bikes. boards, inflatables, big water bikes. You can utilize the cafe right outside the hotel. It's connected, but you can use that cafe to get drinks, food. So it has all the amenities and it's kind of a great way if you can't afford to stay at the Hilton, but want to experience some of that beautifulness of it and the charm of it. Um, it is open to the public. It is accessible to the public and it is gorgeous. The water was crystal clear. The sand was perfect for the kids. It was white, white sand. And it was the ultimate spot, I think, for kids right in the city to hang out. Yeah. And that pretty much wraps up our stay in Honolulu and Oahu. Overall, we were in Hawaii for three weeks. But one of the other things that we want to do in this podcast is also give you Santi's perspective. And we're going to have a little segment now where Santi gets to talk about his lessons that he learned about Hawaii, as well as kind of describe the experiences from his point of view. So here we go. Hey guys, Santi's here from the Jetsetting Family Travel Podcast. I had a great time visiting Hawaii. My favorite part was going to the beach. These are my three fun facts about Hawaii. Fact number one. Hawaii means small, new homeland. Fun fact number two. The Hawaii state nickname is the Aloha State. Aloha means affection, peace, and kindness. Fun fact number three. Did you know that you can mail coconuts to other people by writing notes or by writing signs? Just on the coconut. No boxes, nothing else on it. So instead of sending a postcard, 
make sure you send a coconut. Thanks for listening to me today. I'll see you later. Okay, so where are we headed after Hawaii? After Hawaii, we are flying to the Philippines to spend a week in Manila and then、uh, spending the couple of weeks after that in Bali, Indonesia. <laughs> a lot of、uh, cool places to visit on our first leg of our trip in Southeast Asia. In terms of the podcast itself, the next two episodes, you will be hearing interviews from other travel families, one of them being the McAvoy family, which runs the Max Explore Instagram page, as well as the Travel the World family, where they have a really good perspective on what. Fast travel is and how they collaborate with a lot of hotels to lower their expenses when it comes to full time travel. So, we hope if you loved today's episode and if you look forward to hearing from other travel families, you take a moment and hit that subscribe button. You guys, we are so excited for this podcast, but we can't see you, so we need to hear from you. So, a comment or a subscribe helps us know that you're out there. <laughs> yeah, in the meantime, feel free to keep following and checking out our adventures on all of our social media channels. You can find us at The Jet Setting Family. We also run our blog, www.thejetsettingfamily.com. And if you want to reach out to us, you can always email us at hello at thejetsettingfamily.com. Yeah, we love feedback, guys. So, definitely email us what you would like to hear or what families you would like to hear from.、We We are here to serve you guys and help build this community. So, thank、yeah. you. And until next time, happy, happy jet, jet setting. The Podglomerate, a sonic universe. Ever wonder if they were listening to you? So did Al Franken. Yep, that Al Franken. He was just on our podcast impersonating his former Senate colleagues in the name of privacy. What the Hack with Adam Levin will make you feel more chill about the unchill things that happen online and off with easy to understand tips to make your life a little less hackable. Join us as we look at the ways people get scammed and hacked. What the Hack with Adam Levin is a weekly cyber true crime show that unravels a fresh new hell every Monday. What the Hack with me, Adam Levin. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everyone, I'm Dr. Jennifer Lincoln, board certified OBGYN, and you may know me from social media where I spend a lot of my time educating about everything reproductive health. This podcast is called Let's Talk About Down There, and that's what I'm doing. I am talking about down there with no shame, no stigma, a lot of fun, and a lot of education. And why? Because when we talk about these things, we educate and we empower ourselves. Call in, leave a question, and know that it's okay to have questions about your body, and we're going to answer them. 